Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So we've come to that part of the service where we, we, we hear from God in, in, in His Word. I mean, we've heard from God this whole morning already, but now we're going to hear from Him in His Word. And this morning, we've got a very special man of God coming up to bring the Word. Now, when I spoke to him a few weeks ago about, you know, at his bringing the Word, he told me that Pastor Ali spoke to him last year already you know, about preaching. But he was at the time, he was still busy with his studies, and he didn't feel at the time that it was right for him. But then his studies finished in December. So he had no more excuses. <laughs> Don't you just love that sometimes? We go through life with excuses, and then God takes away those excuses. And then you have to say, Lord, do you know what? I'll just do it. I'll just, I'll just do it because I've got nothing more to fall back on. But I'm really excited for what he has, he's going to bring this morning. I'm really excited in my heart that the word that he's going to bring is going to be a, a word that not only speaks to our here and now, but also speaks to our future and what God wants to do for us. So your hands and mine, let's welcome Nathaniel. Let's just pray for him. Lord, this morning we just bring this brother before you. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you calm his heart and his mind. Lord, we pray, Lord, that he's focused on your word this morning and Holy Spirit, if you need to just change his entire word to bring what you want, Lord, have your way this morning. But Lord, we thank you for the gifts and talents that you've placed in him, and we thank you that he's going to bring out what you've actually, you've grown in his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Just, just to clarify, it wasn't an excuse. <laughs> Um, Yeah, it was definitely one of those ones where where Ali was asking me and uh, just definitely sought sought God um, and uh, yeah, just felt God really say, just wait, wait, wait. Um, And it was was really interesting actually because it was the day that I got an email from from the university to say that everything was passed, everything had had done. One of the first things uh, that I felt kind of the Holy Spirit say was, you need to tell Ali. so, uh, so yeah, so here, here I am, uh, and we'll see how today goes. Um, so, yes, uh, good morning, guys. Um, I'm going to be bringing uh, the Word of God uh, this morning. Um, definitely feel that this morning um, God wants to, to do something with us, um, and that, uh, yeah, as Rod said, that there is, there is something that is going to happen this morning that is going to transform not our lives for today, but actually for, for the future. Uh, as, as well. So I do think there is something that's going to happen this morning um, for us individually, but also corporately, uh, that God is stirring and, and doing something. Um, so 
before we get into that, um, I just thought I would, um, as I've got the, the microphone, uh, just say that you won't hear me talk too much about Nottingham Forest, as some of our pastors do. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, although I might mention the occasional, maybe slightly superior, West Ham United. <laughs> I was expecting a, a cheer from Steve. Uh, you let me down, Steve. Um, <laughs> there he is, there he is, thank you. Um, yeah, so right, let's, <laughs> I nearly wore a West Ham shirt today, but I thought it might be a bit too much. Um, right, let's get on with things. Uh, so, if you haven't noticed over the last four years um, that God's been, been doing something, God has been shaking the very foundations and structures that we have built up over the last 60, 70 years. That's governmental structures, um, political systems, leadership systems, and obviously the, the church as well. There is a shaking that God is doing. And when there is a shaking, it's because that he is about to do something new. Um, and I think this is a really important uh, thing for us to, to realize and to understand that when God is doing something new, that we have to position ourselves for that new thing. Um, Ali obviously mentioned at the beginning of the year, uh, our word being uh, expectation. What are we expecting for this year? Um, and I, I, I really believe, um, you know, corporately, but also individually, that there is something that God is doing in us and with this church, um, and I'm expectant to see that move of God happen in, in our lives, um, happen the start today. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm expectant for. And, and Ali kind of like used the, the scripture of the, the, the parable of the, the sower, so the farmer going out and um, throwing his, his seeds and, and the different types of, of soil. Um, and I really felt God speaking to me about the soil um, and the soil being our hearts, that God is throwing this seed out, okay, this seed of expectation and these promises that God is kind of throwing out, um, but it's all about what the soil is like that the seed falls on. What are our hearts like? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be speaking a little bit um, about that, and I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, Debs um, brought the word last week uh, just about um, how the Father loves us, that the Father has this relentless pursuit of us. Um, and this is kind of almost the, the, the flip side of that, that while we have this incredible, amazing Father in God that is chasing us and pursuing us, um, that there's a flip side to that, and that is actually where are our hearts, and are our hearts going to respond to that love um, that God has for us. Um, so I'm going to be looking at, um, or using two passages. Our first passage is going to be Luke 10, verse 38. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, um, feel free to open them up. They will be on the screen. Um, so again, this is quite a, a well-known kind of passage. This is um, when Jesus is at the house of, of Martha and, and Mary. Um, so verse 38 as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Um, as I was preparing this preach, and um, I've, I kind of spirit led me to, to this passage, I really felt that this is kind of a, a key, key thing for us um, individually and, and, and corporately as to what is our position um, and where are our hearts. Uh, as, as kind of Rod was mentioning, um, as we were praying that this morning, it was a lot around kind of what is, what is distracting us. Um, and I think it's really easy for us, especially at the speed at which our society is moving in, to get caught up with all the distractions that the world has to, to offer us. Um, when we look through this passage, I think it's interesting. Obviously, you've got Jesus coming to this house. Um, and obviously, this is not just Jesus. This would be Jesus plus at least his 12 disciples, if not a couple of others. Um, and my, my wife, she, she loves to, to host. Um, hosting can be a little bit stressful sometimes, as you've got, obviously, a lot of things to prepare, a lot of things to do. My wife loves to bake as well, so there's always uh, a cake if you're, if you're coming around um, to our house. Um, but there's always lots and lots of little things to do. And I think it's really interesting, actually, uh, that it says here... Um, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So it kind of makes a bit of a distinct, distinction that actually there were things that needed to be done. That it wasn't the case of Mary was dis distracted and doing pointless things, but actually Mary was distracted by all the things that needed to be done. And this isn't kind of to say, oh, we need to stop what we're doing. and just. But there are certain things that maybe God is kind of going to highlight to us that we need to stop so we can refocus ourselves. Um, and I think, and, and again, I'm, I'm just going to throw a, a few things. Um, I know for, for me, a, a while back, it was, it was TV, and it wasn't that I was watching loads and loads of TV, but I really felt Holy Spirit say, or, or challenge me, I was just like, well, you're spending all this time watching TV, what about me? So I think TV is, is, is an easy thing for us to, to be distracted by. Social media, obviously, it's a, another big thing that it's really easy for us to get sucked into. And we're dedicating or distracted by that thing. There's lots of, lots of other, other things as well that we, we could go through. And again, I think that God's going to be highlighting things in, in our hearts as to... Um, what might be distracting, um, distracting us? I think it's really interesting, obviously, when Martha comes to Jesus. And she's obviously really, really frustrated. And she just sees her sister just sitting there, not doing anything. And, you know, culturally, not doing the thing that actually she's meant to be doing. And especially sitting at the feet of a rabbi, a teacher, learning. She was breaking a lot of kind of conventional um, cultural norms. And there is Martha doing all the things that she is meant to be doing. And she comes to Jesus and she says, hey, look, 
you're going to tell her to actually do some work. You're going to tell her to, to do what she is meant to be doing. And Jesus' response to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. And I think that, again, is a really key response from Jesus. Few things, indeed one. I think sometimes in our life, and again, how busy and crazy this world and this life can be, we just take on more and more, and we try and do more and more. And, you know, every time you speak to the majority of people, how are you doing? Yeah, 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 busy, 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 busy. Everyone's always busy. Everyone's always go, go, go. Which, again, there is important things in there. But I think we over commit, we overdo things, and we get distracted by all these things which aren't necessarily important. That we, distract, we get distracted by all the things rather than the few. And I think the challenge for us, or part of the challenge this morning is what, where are we positioned? Where are we positioned? Are we trying to do all the million and one things that we feel like we've got to do? Or actually, are we taking that time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Here is Mary, and she sat at the feet of Jesus, and she is listening to the revelation which is coming out of Jesus' mouth. And I think for us, that Jesus is sitting in our houses, in our homes, and he is waiting for us to position ourselves to sit at his feet and receive the revelation which he, which he is ready to give to us. But we are so busy with all the everything else that we've got going on in our lives. I think we're, we're so quick to be like, well, I've done my five-minute devotion, and I'm going to move on and get on with the other tasks that I've got on. And we don't really sit in that place. I can just, you know, when I picture this scene, Mary just sat there, just focused. You know, Rod said, laser-focused, laser-focused, laser-focused on Jesus, on what he was saying she maybe didn't even really understand fully what he was saying, but there was something about what Jesus was saying that she was as I need to be here because it is better to be here than it is elsewhere. I believe that we have potentially lost the desire for his presence. And that we have confined Jesus into five or ten minute devotions and then two hours on a Sunday. You know, not to reference my wife too much. Sorry, Sandy. <laughs> Last one, I promise. Um, but if I said to, to Sandy, you know, when we got married, uh, we've come to 12 years this year. Um, if I said to her, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, if I said to her, right, you're just going to speak to me maybe five minutes a day, and then you're going to get my attention for two hours on a, on a Sunday. You know that marriage isn't really going to work. 
And I think God is calling us this year, this year to that secret place. He's calling us back to that secret place. And I think there's also um, God wanting to, to, to create history with us. Obviously, he wants this relationship with us and this history. Like I can go through this Bible of mine, and I can pull out areas where this is where I was really struggling. And these are the verses, and these are the words that God was speaking over my life. And I think God is wanting to do that again. He's sitting there in a chair somewhere in your house, and he's like, I'm here. Are you going to come and sit so I can speak to you? But I think there's also a second part to this, because while there's this um, intentionality that we need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, um, there's also a second part, uh, which I think is around how we worship. Um, so if you turn to John chapter 12, again, this will be on the screen for those who don't have Bibles or on your phone. This is chapter 12, verse 1. So it says this, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about half a liter of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. In that first scene, we have Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, receiving this revelation. Because she knew that that was the better place to be. And now we have this second scene. And this is just after, there's a little bit of context. Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead caused this big commotion within the kind of the local towns. And you've got all these people that wanted to come and see Jesus, come and see Lazarus. And we have a bit of this party that's going on. And again, this scene is such a, a vivid scene where you've got all these people essentially party mode. And Mary walks in. And I, I kind of feel, in, in my mind anyway, and as I kind of look at this, this scene, that Mary is just completely almost like oblivious to what is going on. And she walks in, and there's some, you know, some other uh, variations with her. She's crying, and she's crying. She goes to Jesus' feet, and she's pouring her, her, her tears over his feet, and she's wiping um, the tears uh, with her hair. And then she takes this bottle of perfume which, you know, it's suggested that it's about a year's worth of wages. Um, some people would suggest that actually it might have been a, an important family heirloom or, or a piece of inheritance. And she takes this thing, this really important thing that is part of her family, and she takes it and she breaks it and pours it all over Jesus' feet.
And I think, or really sense, God just saying, how much do you want me? Because there is a cost to following Jesus. And there is a cost to spending time with Jesus. And I think how we often approach Jesus is we want an experience, but without paying a cost. That we want intimacy without the commitment. And I believe right this morning that God is saying he wants us. He 100% wants us. How much do we want of him? What is the cost that we are prepared to pay? I think sometimes when we kind of approach prayer, we often think God is a little bit like a a sugar daddy um, or a slot machine where we have these prayers and we just pray these prayers uh, and they kind of can be kind of quite self-centered or self-focused. And I think God is wanting, I want you to think bigger with your prayer life. And to not just see prayer as a me asking my daddy for things, but a relationship. Again, are we sitting at the feet of Jesus receiving that revelation? Jesus, what is your heart? Jesus, what are you wanting me to pray? Seek first his kingdom. There's a reason why we're told Jesus tells us to seek first his kingdom is because it is his kingdom, his values that have to transform us so that we can pray. It is not my values, my thoughts, my opinions, and then I'll pray. We have to seek his kingdom first. The greatest commandment, Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. There is a move of God that is happening. There is a move of God that is coming. And God is looking for the people who are seeking him, who are seeking him with every part of their being. And you know what? If that means that I spend less time watching Netflix or I get rid of Netflix because I want to um, spend time at the feet of Jesus, on my knees, in prayer, in worship, then what does that matter? I don't want to get to the end of my life Or I'm not going to get to the end of my life and think, oh, I missed that show on Netflix that everyone was talking about. 
but I know that I might get to the end of my life and be like, man, God had an incredible call on my life and I didn't step into it. Because every single one of us has an important part to play in this church that God has called you here for a very specific reason. You cannot sit there and think, oh, the other person will do it. The other people will do it. God has a very specific reason that you are here in this church. God has a calling and a destiny over each and every single one of our lives. But to step into that, we have to position our hearts we have to be in that place of humility where we're at the feet of Jesus and that we are paying a cost for that and that worship is central to it. All some of the greatest moves of God tend to start with worship because it's when people just sit in that place where they're just, God, we want more of you. We want more of you. We want more of you. And God is looking for the people, the church, to position themselves so that he can release himself to us. I think we also have to be a little bit careful that we don't just fall into self-righteousness as well where just spending hours in prayer and fasting just because it makes you feel better. We don't want to fall into that place of being accidental Pharisees where we become so religious about something that when the move of God does come, we don't recognize it. all comes down to where is our heart? Where is our heart? God wants our hearts. Are we ready to pay the cost? I'm just going to get the band to come up. I'm going to read um, another passage, uh, and this is a, a passage that's quite close to, to my heart. Um, Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 7 to 8. And I really feel that this passage, for a lot of you this morning, for a lot of us this morning, might be just a little nudge that you need from God. And it says this, Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. 
My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing. As you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. There is a holy fire this morning that God is wanting our hearts back. He is wanting our attention back. Are we willing, are we ready to give him our hearts? Let's not... Let 2024 be another last year, another year that just goes by. Let this year be the year that we as individuals and as a church say, no, this is the year. This is the year. This is the year where we step into the call and the presence of God, where we make that our number one priority. And this isn't just some New Year's resolution that we just forget about from a month's time. This is something where we go, no, we want you, Jesus. And every single morning when we wake up, we go, Jesus, more of you. More of you. More of you in me. Transform me. And as we, as we sing this last song, if you feel that you're wanting more of God and you're ready to pay the cost and the price for it, I want you to come up. In the end, between you and God, I believe God's highlighting, highlighting things in our lives where he's like, that's where I want you to sacrifice. But if we're wanting to see more of God, if you are sitting there and you can feel that burning fire starting to bubble up in you. I want you to come forward and the, the prayer team, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. We're going to release to you the power and the fire, that transformation, transforming fire, the burning fire 